0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Well, good morning. So as a pastor, I'm always looking at stuff when you see other churches and you see their backgrounds or their stages. We nailed it on this one, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Maybe God nailed it, but this is amazing background. I can't think of anything more beautiful. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Any moms out there or those of you that are watching online, uh, we've been seeing, we got, I don't know if you guys know, those people, we have people out here on this yard, but also we got people in Colorado, in Illinois, in Florida, uh, joining us in worship. We got people on the other side of the world, in Taiwan. It's Uh, Sunday night there they're they're watching us from the future and so um, It is great. So it's good to be here with everybody And uh, I have I wanted to tell you about something at the table here For those of you that are present we got these little bracelets Uh, we've been doing this series on uh, Habits spiritual habits spiritual disciplines and several weeks ago We looked at prayer and we looked at praying and specifically one prayer a jesus prayer that is uh, Lord jesus son of god have mercy on me and so we heard the story about this pilgrim that, that discovered this, this prayer and made it part of his life, and it just changed everything, and we encourage people to be praying, uh, maybe even be praying that prayer and throughout the day. And so uh, later that day, um, Carol sent me a text and said, hey, what if we made bracelets? And I thought, that's an awesome idea. So we have bracelets that we made that have that verse, that, that prayer right on here. If you guys want, if you are here, grab one on your way out. If you uh, are watching online and you want to come by the church office, the Blue House next Next to the building. We're going to have those on the patio. We'd love for you to grab a bracelet. Uh, we're trying to encourage you to trade a bracelet for a canned good that we could give to a food bank. So grab a bracelet today if you're here and then bring a canned food back next week um, or swing by the church office, bring a canned food, bring two and a can opener and we'll sit and eat some garbanzo beans together, uh, have a bracelet and then the other one can go to a food bank. All right. So um, we've been doing the spiritual habits. And we got to one today that has been near and dear to my heart. Um, When we were new in ministry, we were working at at a large church, and Sarah was on staff, and I was on staff, and we were super busy, right? Um, You had your normal work day, but then uh, I had worship team on Sunday nights with the youth, and then I had Bible study on Monday nights with the youth, youth group on Wednesday nights, Bible study on Thursday nights. We'd go often on Friday nights to one of the football games, and then Saturday night um, during the summer was a college ministry. They'd come over about 10 o'clock at night, and then they would be there until 1, 2, 3 in the morning, and, and this would just go on in our house. We'd have 30 college students, and, and we loved it, right? We were doing the ministry together. It didn't seem crazy because we were always together doing it, but then everything changed in August 2008. We had a little baby girl. And what changed wasn't our job. We were still, I was still busy five nights a week. We still had the job, but now I had something pulling that I wanted to get back. Sarah wasn't at all these activities. I wasn't with my daughter. And we saw that there was this imbalance in our life. And there wasn't a pause to just enjoy family. There wasn't a pause to even enjoy God. Like we were wrapped up in ministry. You'd think that I was focusing on God all the time. But a lot of that is work, right? A lot of that w- w- was work, and, and I wasn't focused on God. I wasn't taking time to be with him. And so we talked about it, and we talked about this idea of a Sabbath rest. And you see that in the Old Testament, and, and you guys have heard of the Sabbath rest, but, but we would never stopped to explore, what does that really mean? What does a Sabbath rest look like? So, if you will, take two seconds uh, or ten seconds, turn to the person next to you and talk about if you were to say, what is a Sabbath rest? What's that look like to you, that phrase? If you're watching online, uh, turn to someone in the place you're watching or talk to yourself, uh, whatever that looks like. Ten seconds. What is a Sabbath rest? All right, so we did. Uh, we began to do some research, and Sarah really dug into what does a Sabbath rest look like. What are the elements of it in the Old Testament? What were the traditions? What are new things? How does it look like today? And so, on September 12th, uh, 2009, we even wrote about it in a journal. September 12th, 2009, we took our official Sabbath rest, and since then, it's changed our life. Since then, we've probably missed, I'd say, five. Sabbath rest per week since 2009, maybe 10, hardly any, because it's been that valuable, that important to us, that we have dedicated a day to spend time as a family, a day to spend time with God a day a week. And so I wanted to look at that, and it sounds crazy, and you might be thinking, I don't know, I can not take a day. But let's get to that at the end uh, of this talk and see what that looks like. The first introduction of this rest, you guys know, is in Genesis. Uh, you might know that in Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and it says, uh, verse 2, chapter 2, Genesis 2, verse 2, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So you see this idea of the Sabbath rest came at the beginning of time. By day seven, the Sabbath was established. And you say, why, why did God need a Sabbath? I mean, he's God, right? I don't think that he needed that he was tired. I don't think that was the case. I don't think that he ran out of things to do. And so he had the seventh day. Like, there's a lot of other things he could create. It. I was thinking, like, to this week I was thinking of a fountain, a natural spring that flows nacho cheese. That'd be awesome. He could have created that on seventh day. He could have created like an animal that jumps on its back legs and carries its, its babies in a pouch on its belly. Like something like that would have been crazy, right? And so he had other ideas that he could have done, but he didn't pursue those. He stopped, and he took a rest. It was that important to stop, and I don't think it was that important for God. It was that important for at the beginning of time to establish this habit for us to follow. He did it for us. It says that he blessed it. It says that he made it holy. It says that he set an example for us. And so we have this seventh day, the Sabbath rest. And so fast forward now, the Israelites have left Egypt, right? You know the story where Moses takes them out, and, and they leave Egypt, and they're, and they're in a camp, and God sends down the Ten Commandments. These are statutes. These are things that they need to live by to have a good society, to have a good relationship with God. And it gets to Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you should la- shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all of them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the blessed that day and it holy. The instructions of Israel is come out. instructions of how have a functioning, God-abiding society. The Sabbath makes it into that. And not only does it make it, the the Sabbath comes before stealing, do not steal, do not have affairs, do not murder, right? God lists the Sabbath before all those. It's that important. And if you thumb through the Old Testament, you'll see references to the Sabbath over and over through Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah. Throughout the prophets, they talk about the Sabbath that we're supposed to take. And yet, so many of us don't take it. So many of us work, work, work. So many of us are focused trying to get things done, trying to cram one more thing in that that we don't take this rest, this Sabbath rest. So what does a Sabbath look like? You guys might have had some ideas. We talked about that. Does it look like just stopping, just resting? Kind of more or less? In a way, uh, the Sabbath comes from the word Shabbat, which means to cease, a day when people would cease working and spend the day with God. The Israelites were a different culture in so many different ways, and this was one of those. The Babylonians around them worked hard seven days a week. It, It was what they took pride in. It was what was expected that they worked hard. The only days that they would stop work in a year were certain days that were deemed evil days that the spirits would attack you if you didn't stop. And so the, the only idea that, of stopping work was associated with evilness. And then you have this little group of Israelites that stop one day a week just to worship their Lord, just to spend time with God, to spend time as a family. You can see how different the Israelites would be in that culture, and that's the same true today, how different we would be if people saw that we were spent a day a week with God. A day a week to focus on our family, not trying to do tasks and so forth. And so the Israelites stood out as we would stand out today. But it's more than a day of rest. It's a day of trust. It's a day of humility. It's a day of submission. Because you're saying that, God, I trust that I'm giving this day to you. It's a day of submitting one-seventh of your week to the Lord. It's a day of humility, of saying, I'm humbling myself that I I could get more things done. I could do more. I could make more money. I could accomplish more. But I'm putting you first, God. I'm putting you before. It's a day of trust that you could get everything you need to get done in six days instead of seven. It's a day of submitting to the Lord. It's a day of getting away with God. Throughout the, Old, throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus setting this example, and not necessarily in a Sabbath, but this idea of getting away with the Lord time and again. He would get away when he was in the midst of his ministry or, or for us in the midst of our work, in the midst of our school. We see this in Luke chapter 5, verse 15 says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came near to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In the midst of his work, in the midst of what we would consider it was his ministry, maybe it's our jobs, maybe it's our, our school, he withdrew and he took time with God. He withdrew and there was an important decision to be made. And Luke 6 tells us, uh, one, of these day, one of those days Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Before a big decision was made, he spent time praying, spent time with John, and spending time with the Lord. He would pause, and he would take himself away after strenuous activity. Mark 6 tells the story the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Jesus had sent them out, right? And they came back, and they're telling him, oh, we did this, and we did that, and it was so busy. And it says, then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So in the midst of a strenuous time, a hard time, he withdrew. This is what the Sabbath does for us. That in the midst of the busyness of your job or of your school, it gives you a day to withdraw and spend with God. That in the midst of, of hard activities, in the midst of needing to make a good decision, it gives us time to pray and present that before the Lord. To spend this time with God. So we've been doing this series, Connecting in the Distance, and it's about ways to connect to God. And we've looked at prayer, and and we're going to look at other things uh, such as uh, fasting, or we're going to look at connecting with our our physical, uh, caring for our physical bodies. That's that's a week I'm not looking forward to as much as I was the Sabbath one, right? That one's going to hit home a little bit. Um, But through this Sabbath is a way that we can connect with God. And so we've been looking at this, and of all the spiritual disciplines, I feel like this has been one for all time that's been the most highly debated, right? That the, old, the rabbis in the past would add extra rules to the Sabbath, that you could only walk a certain distance on the Sabbath, that you could only do this or that on the Sabbath, and they would add all these rules in, in a fear that we would break the Sabbath, in a fear that the people would, would work too hard, that they would do something that was beyond what God had planned for a rest, and so they make these extra rules, and made this hard. We even see that they were presenting this to Jesus. They they got mad at Jesus when he healed someone on the Sabbath. Or we see a story in Mark. Uh, we see a story in uh, Mark two that the disciples were walking through a field and they picked heads of grain. And the Pharisees said, Why are your disciples working on the Sabbath? They're just picking heads of grain and eating it. And the Pharisees and are coming down hard on him and saying, why are you working? And, and Jesus shares this verse. And, and this, instance, this was a big part of, as Sarah and I looked at what our Sabbath looks like That inspired us. It says, chapter 2, Mark 2, verse 27. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's not about a set of rules and, and limits that we have to do. It's about it's our opportunity to rest. That this was made for us to spend time with God, whatever that would look like. Because, you know, Jesus doesn't do away with the Sabbath. He's not saying that we're past this. He's not saying the disciples are fine. We don't need to follow the Sabbath anymore. He doesn't dismiss it at all. He confirms it by saying it was created by God for us to partake in. And so when we get caught up in what does it look like in, in the rules, the, the Sabbath is an opportunity for us to look back at God resting, but, but it's also an opportunity to look ahead that someday we're going to be with Jesus, surrounded by him in heaven, resting with him. And so it gives us a chance once a week to look ahead and be with the Lord. So, how does it work? That might sound like a silly question, right? But if you were to say, how it look like for me to take a day a week dedicated to God, what would that look like in your life? For everyone, it's a little different. For, for me, I love to cook. Right? But I like to cook just weird, crazy stuff. Like, I like to make sushi or or make our own pasta or something stupid that makes our kitchen completely a mess. But I love that kind of thing. For those others of you, you hate cooking, right? So for me, that's a great Sabbath activity because it's something that I can do and love on my family and do it with my kids. For others, you would hate it. It would not be a great Sabbath activity. Sabbath could look different for each person. So I can just tell you kind of what the Sabbath looks like for us. But it's the basic same point of it looks like spending a, time, a day resting in God. Spending a day resting with your family, loving and seeing, enjoying the blessings that God has given us. Uh, the Sabbath starts with a preparation day. We see that uh, if you remember at the at the death of Jesus That it says that for preparation day was coming So they wanted to get, get Jesus down off the cross quickly preparation day for the Jews was the day before the Sabbath They would have to prepare get everything ready because it doesn't work just magically You can't just snap your fingers and take a day break, right? You have to prepare for this If you're to take one seventh of your week and dedicate it to God that means the other six days You've got to prepare for this. And so there's preparation day the day before, and I'll admit there's been nights. At 1130 at night, we're vacuuming the house, getting ready, because the next day we want to take a break, and we want to have a Sabbath. And so we would ha- you have preparation day, the, the Old Testament talks, and, and then it talks about that you rest. You rest with God. You worship. You spend time with your family. Maybe take a nap. Get lost. Laugh. Play a game. Read your Bible. Take a day to stop. Let me ask you, when was the last time you took a full day just to stop with God? When was the day that you took a real Sabbath, that you rested in him? Like I said, it's different for everyone, and I'll tell you a little bit like what our Sabbath looks like. We take it, ours is on Friday. Obviously, Sunday is a work day for me, and so we take our Sabbath almost always on Friday. And so it's a day, my kids are homeschooled, and so we, they're, they're off on Friday, and we spend this day together as a family. And it often begins, not always, it's not the set of rules that the Pharisees had, but it'll begin often that Sarah will follow this ancient tradition of lighting a candle. And then she reads from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, which says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. And so she'll usher in the Sabbath for us, and she'll light that. And and then our Sabbath day begins. And sometimes it looks different. Uh, This past weekend, uh, we had an idea that everyone got to choose whatever we'd want to do for about a half hour, 45 minutes. And so Sarah wanted us to go get cheddar rounds. So that's what we did, right? Isaiah then wanted us to have apple pies from McDonald's. So that was awesome as well. Um Abby had a has a huge heart and grandma was sick, so Abby said let's go get a, a balloon and so we drove and got a balloon for grandma and we just took time together as a family and laughed. We sometimes would go and just get lost to, to go on adventures. When we were in Taiwan, we'd get on a bus and just go wherever we felt like getting off. It'd be just a time to take a nap. Uh, We get cooking magazines at our house. Uh, I'll I'll admit, they're mine. But uh, we get cooking magazines, and that's my day that I get to read them, right? And and dream about what we can make. It's just a day to rest. It's a day to ride bikes. It's a day to take naps. It's a day that sometimes Sarah and I will get a babysitter and just go off and have a date. It's a day that Sarah and I have found that we fight. Right. Uh, More so when we first started Sabbath at September 12th, 2009, we had a big fight and it seemed like every Sabbath we called it our Sabbath fight because we realized we were so busy the other six days a week that when we finally stopped, we'd be able to bring up something from five days ago. And so now we've gotten better and we have that day of preparation. Right. So we just fight the day before. And so we're preparing well. But but it's a day to stop that maybe your your marriage, you can work on that. You can communicate. You can spend time to talk. To share something that bothered you or something great. And then the thing that I love most in our, in our Sabbath is that we try to do every week. It's a Sabbath blessing. It was an old tradition, Jewish tradition, to say a blessing of a verse over someone in your family. And so we each have a different verse. For me, the, the kids and Sarah will say uh, Psalm 1, chapter 1, 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the way of the wicked and, and so forth. And so they'll share that verse And then they give me a blessing of where they've seen God in me this week. And then we share a passage for for Sarah. It's it's Isaiah 41. For you are my servant, declares the Lord, I have strengthened you, and I will not forsake you, and and continues on. And we share where we've seen God in her. And then we have a verse for the kids. There's a a traditional rabbi blessing of Numbers chapter 6. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And we give this blessing and we go around and share where we've seen God in each of the children. And I got to tell you, it's one of the most beautiful things to see kids, siblings, telling each other where they've seen God in their life this week. To have a blessing from a three-year-old that just can barely get out words and he says, Daddy, you're handsome. And I'm like, you're right. And, and, so, and to hear truth spoken on the Sabbath, right? And it's an amazing thing for the kids to see parents tell each other where they've seen God. For parents to be able to give their kids an opportunity to give a blessing where they've seen their kid God in an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 5-year-old, a 2-year-old. And so we take this time to give this blessing. And, and one of my favorite times is when we have someone with us. When we were in Taiwan, we would often have a, a, one of the Taiwanese college students would be spending the, spending the weekend with us, and, and they'd go on these adventures with us. And then we'd do our blessing, and they didn't know it was coming, but we would say this verse over them. And we do this still if anyone's at our house on the Sabbath or, or family or relatives, and, and we share where we've seen God in them. It's been an amazing thing to see them light up, to see them realize, you see God in me. And to see that blessing. And so that's it. There's not a great formula. That's what it works for the Correll House. Maybe it would look differently for you. But I want to ask you, when have you taken a break to spend a whole day with God? To spend a day without doing chores, without mowing the lawn, without doing something that you hate doing, without working, without doing all these things, and taking a break, ceasing from the, the work, spending a day with God and your family. That's it. It sounds countercultural, and it is, right? We're geared towards get more done, get more done, make more money, do more things. And it is different. One of my favorite writers, Henri Nouwen, says when, when he tried doing a Sabbath on his first day, he said, I realize that I'm quite addicted to the busy and experience a bit of withdrawal, anxiety. I have to nail myself to a chair and control these wild impulses to get up again and become busy with whatever draws my attention. That's how we're wired. We're wired to be busy and so to stop for a day. Some of you are thinking, I would go crazy. Those of you that are control freaks that want to control everything, to stop and give a day to God to control, to just rest in him, it's going to be hard. For those of you that want to get something done all the time, to stop, it's going to be hard. It might look lazy. Uh, From the outside, our family might look lazy to take a whole day where we don't work, to a whole day where we're not doing chores, it might look lazy, but I tell you, we're getting the same amount of stuff done everyone else's. We're just trying to cram it in six days. Then we might have to stay up late the night before, but we're, it's that important. Because of one thing I want to tell you, if you try this, the spiritual discipline of a Sabbath, you're never going back. You're going to love it. It's going to capture you. It's going to hold you. It's going to be something that you long for throughout the week. It's something you're looking forward to. Our family is wired that it's on a rhythm and a pattern that if we have to move our Sabbath for some reason to Saturday uh, to change it up somehow, that it throws everybody off because we're so looking forward to this day of rest. Is it a day of rules? No. If I get a phone call that someone's in the hospital, I still go. It's not a set of rules that we have to follow, but it's an idea that we need to stop and spend the day with God. And what would that look like? So at the end of each one of our messages, this this series, we've been trying to practice this idea of Sabbath, right? Right? And and so, uh, to, I wasn't quite sure how we could act this out, how we could practice this. The, the first thing was, I want to challenge you guys to, if you want, pull out your calendar now, turn to someone at, if you're at home, and say, figure out when is your next Sabbath, not a vacation day. When is a day that's a Sabbath that you could just say, this Saturday, this coming Sunday, we're going to spend it with God. This coming Sunday, we're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna worship Him. This coming Sunday, we're going to go to church, and then we're going to spend the day just resting, getting lost, going on an adventure, finding peace. When is your next Sabbath? And then finally, I thought maybe today we could usher in a Sabbath. So I wanted to ask Sarah if she would come up, as she does for our family, to light a candle and usher in a Sabbath. That today for you, if you're watching online, if if you're here, that this would be a Sabbath day, that maybe whatever you have on store for today, maybe you could put it aside and rest. And so, uh, can we, would someone be able to grab the microphone? Um, and that we wanted to be able to rest. Can you go get that, buddy? Go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, all right, keep going. There you go. Good job, Henry. All right, he got lost. It was a long distance. All right, come on back. There we go. And so, uh, Sarah's going to usher in our Sabbath, if you will, and then give all of you a blessing.
1: Okay, Raquel, you are important. (laughs) Um, So on the eve before um, the Sabbath, I guess, because Sabbath always traditionally starts at sundown, um, and then it goes through the next sundown. And so um, our Sabbath's on Friday, and on Thursday night, when it's 1130 and I have finally vacuumed the last room or had the last fight or whatever we had, um, then I will grab my candle and I'll light it. And um, as I do that, I just say Isaiah nine two, and this is a tradition that was done um, through the years. And so I love that feeling of I'm part of something bigger than me. You know, I'm bringing Christ into our home and welcoming him in. And so Um, As a mom, that's a joy to be able to say, you know, Christ, come to my home. And so I say Isaiah 9-2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. Let's see, there's my candle. And so I just welcome um, into our day, into our Mother's Day, um, that all of us can take that rest today. And then I want to bless each of you. You guys are such a blessing to our family, and to be part of this is wonderful. But I want to say our blessing to you um, that's been spoken through generation after generation, that the Lord will bless you, and he will keep you. He will make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, that he will lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And may we all have peace.